Hey folks, Adam Summer for the Heartland Pod. This week on the show, we've got a true or false talking about my chat last week with the Missouri Democratic Party. We've got a question about whether or not COVID is really over in Missouri and the ridiculous lawsuits coming from the Attorney General in our state. And then in our buy or sell, we're going to talk about whether or not folks really understand that the corporations and PACs behind legislation are essentially running states like Missouri. And then in the big one, we've got midterm polling numbers to look at for Dems, a deep dive into a little bit of a call for action to talk about what's coming in 2022 and beyond. That's what's coming on this show. I'll also have an opening statement for you. Lots to get to, so let's do it. Welcome back to the Heartland Pod. My name is Adam Summer, and I am your host. For those of you joining us for the first time, thank you very much. We are glad to have you. We hope that you like what you find here and that you'll check out some other episodes and stick around. Join our growing family of podheads and podgressives as we all try to navigate the world of politics uh, in the Midwest, in the Heartland, in the flyover country, and beyond. Uh, That's our focus, right? We take things from the middle out. We try to look at things... Uh, we're, we're from Missouri. That's that's where we start. And uh, we kind of go from there. We think that Missouri is a good place to start looking at politics because of what it tells us about the national picture. We've got, you know, two Democratic strongholds. We've got a growing Democratic base down in the southwest corner. We've got that Democratic central there in Boone County. And uh, then in between there is a ton of very, very red areas. So it uh, kind of mimics the United States in a lot of ways. And, uh, we, you know, we're not unique on that. That's, uh, you know, Sarah Kenzior is somebody who identified that a long time ago and has done a good job of making that issue uh, very true. And uh, so we, we follow that model a little bit and take a look at politics that way. Last week had an interview. I hope folks check it out with the Missouri Democratic Party uh, leadership. We had the executive director, the media director, and the data director for the party on, and I had a chat with them. I know some folks uh, have, a lot of folks have listened to it. In fact, it's our uh, the most downloads we've ever had in a day. So that if that tells you how interested folks are in that particular topic, um, I suspected it might be a popular topic uh, in general, but my goodness, you know, that's that's quite a response to be the, the biggest day of downloads we've ever seen came on that particular day. Uh, and then it was, by the way, followed up with another very large, not not one of the biggest, but still a very big day uh, of downloads. So it suggests that that's some, a conversation that people are, are interested in having. Um, you know, some folks thought I was a little harsh. Some folks, uh, a, lot, a lot of folks actually said, you know, big claps, way to go. Uh, it's good that we're having this conversation. And uh, one, one person in particular, um, and, and I hope they're listening this morning. I don't, I, I don't remember the, the handle, but they're from Minnesota. Um, and they they essentially suggested I was just way too harsh on the party and that I should be nicer and and I get it and they also pointed out you know they said they said the host of the show who uh, calls himself a progressive but won't say he's a Democrat right and what's that about so I'm going to give a, a, an opening statement here I'm going to talk about that uh, a little bit the sort of why I, I use the term progressive and, and pragmatist by the way 
instead of just a party label. So that's going to be the opening statement. Uh, today's talk in politics is just uh, Rachel Parker and I. Sean Diller was away uh, for a few days and, and couldn't quite make it back in time to record. So uh, we, we miss you, Sean. We hope you're listening, and we hope you had an awesome trip. And uh, we'll, we'll see you back next week. We're looking forward to uh, hearing all about your camping trip almost in Canada. Uh, and uh, so uh, that'll be talking politics. A uh, quick reminder before we get to all of that, check us out at heartlandpod.com. You can find a link to our Patreon page. There is an article up that Rachel posted. It's been posted to our social media as well. This is a free article. It's a very good example of the kind of things you get by being a member on Patreon. Uh, we thought that this one really should be just it should be available uh, because of the subject matter of it. Um, but it's it's a nice way to see. Okay, if I'm a member, what am I getting? That's one of the things. You also get a bonus show every couple of weeks uh, called the Last Call, uh, and there's some merch stuff coming as well. That's going to be a members type of thing. So. Uh, check that out uh, over there. In fact, the, I'm going to talk about it in talking politics, but the Heartland mug is coming back, and it's going to be a members only deal. So you know that's a that's you know it's a reason to be a member, sipping on some some delicious whatever out of your Heartland mug because you're a member because you're a pothead, a pot aggressive. You can do that too if you want to. You can be one of those people. Uh, anyway, so check that out, uh, heartlandpod.com. Click the Patreon button, subscribe over there at Heart, the Heartland Pod on Twitter, Heartland Pod on Instagram. Uh, we had an Instagram. Uh, we've uh, There's a new one that has started, so uh, go to Instagram, uh, the underscore Heartland Pod. Uh, and, of course, we're on Facebook as well. You can check us out on all of those places. Please do it. Please share the show. Please rate it. Please review it. Uh, it's very helpful. Five-star ratings are a very big deal, and they help a lot. Uh, so if you can do that and just you know give somebody the show this week, it's a free thing you can do to support what we're doing here and changing the conversation. And now to the opening statement. What's in a label, right? What does it mean? Why do I use the label progressive? Why do I use the label pragmatist? Why don't I just say I'm a Democrat? Well, for a lot of reasons. Number one, I grew up in Missouri. And, uh, you know, anybody who's grown up in Missouri knows that party politics in Missouri is a very interesting thing because Missouri is an old enough state that being a Democrat once meant something much different than it means today. And being a Republican once meant something much different than what it means today. Although today's Republican Party would like to continue to try to claim to be the party of Lincoln, that shift, of course, did occur, and we have to acknowledge that. But the reality is that as a kid, I really wasn't into politics. I grew up in a house that watched the news. I grew up in a house that went to church every Sunday. I grew up in a house that were decent folks who treated people, you know, decent ways. But we didn't really talk about politics. We didn't really talk about how to vote or who to vote for or, or why, right? We respected the president, basically. We watched Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live. Right? A lot of my presidential, early presidential memories are Saturday Night Live. I'm not positive I even know how George H.W. Bush actually sounds other than how Dana Carvey makes him sound. That's really my first exposure to that level of politics and sort of the real party type politics. It wasn't until I was much older that I started to get into party politics. And I was in college in 2006 through you know 2008 when Obama's rise was occurring. And even then, I mean, I, I wound up voting for Barack Obama twice, 
proudly, and I went to some of his campaign events, and they were amazing. But even then, I remember having conversations about John McCain and Barack Obama and who should be president and why, right? And looking at it from that objective, top-level view of who could do the best job and why they could do the best job. And then I remember John McCain picking Sarah Palin and me going, well, now it doesn't matter because she can't be the president, so no, right? It doesn't matter what you think about John McCain versus Barack Obama. If, if, if the old guy dies in office, this person can't be president. So that was an easy decision to make at that point in time. But that's always sort of been my nature is I am very much a political observer. I find myself putting my foot down when it's time to vote very clearly most of the time on the left side of the aisle. But in local politics, that's not true because in local politics, party denomination means very little most of the time. I'm looking at who is reasonable, who is capable. Right? In a state like Missouri where it's unlikely, at least in the short term, that a Democrat can win certain types of races, I'm going to look at the race from a pragmatic standpoint. My goals are progressive. The means to my goals are pragmatic. What that means is I want to see things move forward. I want to see society advance. I want to see things continue to get better for folks. I want people to have access to medical care. I want people to have access to quality education. I think those two things are the end-all, be-all of what we have to be demanding from our government and what our government can and should be doing. Those two things are so vitally important. And obviously other things, infrastructure, military, all of those things are also very important. But healthcare and education are vital. And I just think that education, right, I've long said the great national disease is ignorance. Education is the solution to that disease. It's the silver bullet. It truly is. And I believe that wholly. And I have a progressive view on continuing to push education forward. But I have a pragmatic means to get to those ends, which means if you have to take two steps forward and one step back, you're still taking one step forward. Some people think you can only go forward, only go forward, only go forward. Sometimes that's true, but sometimes the best way to get up the mountain is to take the switchback trail. Sometimes the best way to get up the mountain isn't to attack it by trying to run up as fast as you can up the most sheer cliff. There are other ways to get up the hill. That's what pragmatism is about. That's what progressivism is about. It's not about getting there as fast as you can. It's about continuing to move the ball forward. Right now, the NFL playoffs are happening. There's different types of offenses around the league. Last night in the Packers versus the 49ers game, we saw two offenses that had to move incrementally down the field to try to score points. At the end of the day, the 49ers won the game not because they had these beautiful, wonderful forward passing attack plays, but because they were able to move the ball just enough down the field to get just far enough to score just enough points to win the game. In the scoreboard, it's going to look close. But for posterity purposes, it's going to say W and L, win and loss. You can't get any further apart than winning and losing. It doesn't matter with the margin of victory. It doesn't matter the margin of defeat. 
if you win and you lose, those outcomes are dichotomous. They are as far apart as you can get as far as outcomes are concerned. Pragmatism is worried about that particular outcome, winning and losing. You don't get style points. You win or you lose. Pragmatism is worried about the reality of winning, the reality of moving the country forward. I am proudly labeling myself and have for some time as a pragmatic progressive. Just because you want me to put a party label on that doesn't mean that I have to, period. I'm going to continue to observe. I'm going to continue to commentate. I'm going to continue to look at things from a 30,000-foot view and try to give a bigger picture than just one party's view or the other. I'm going to keep doing that, and I hope you guys will keep listening. Let's get to talking politics. Talking politics. All right, we are here for talking politics. I have got Rachel Parker. We got no Sean Diller this week because he went and did some camping, which if you think, wait a second, what month is it? That's kind of what we thought too, but more power to Sean. He's getting a little restoration, a little wilderness time. We hope safe travels and to see him back later this week. And he's camping where my husband used to live, where it's cold inside. (laughs) It's cold there in like August. He's close to Canada. Like it's cold there, period, let alone sleep outside. So Sean is just a... I mean, I already knew this, but like just a way bigger badass than me. <laughs> like, I can't even imagine. Yeah, he's like, an Eagle Scout, man. He knows it's the real deal. He knows yeah, he what is. he's doing. Uh, Rich Parker, how are you doing? What you sipping on this fine, cold Sunday morning? I'm good. Uh, it was nice to wake up and not have it in single digits. Um, yeah. It's like the world finally remembered what month it was. I'm doing okay. I'm a little sleepy. Uh, we already covered that. Adam and yeah. I have talked already about my sleepiness. But I'm, I wanted to be sipping on an espresso in honor of Sean because we always talk about we have such detailed conversations before we tape about yeah. the various apparatuses that we've used over the years <laughs> to make coffee. And I was going to make Bustello in my espresso pot, my stovetop espresso pot, but I didn't have time. So I'm sipping on percolated coffee maker Bustello. A little half and half. I'm back to my uh, same stuff. This Ozark Mountain. I finally dialed it in. The Ozark Mountain Coffee Company. I bought like everything, every different version of bean you could buy. Finally found these Tanzanian pea berries and... It's so good. My parents were up this weekend, and they're big, like, coffee and, and sweetener people. They're of that generation, like, not even, you know, the, the pink packets right. of cancer. Right. And <laughs> it was it's such good coffee. My mom took a drink of it, and I was like, oh, I, I don't have any creamer, but I do have some milk, and I definitely have sugar. And she was like, actually, I don't think I need it. It's that good of coffee. I, I swear to God, it's that good. Plus, I've got okay. my Heartland Pod uh, mug from the last run that we did of, of mugs. Uh, which is a, a mini preview because mugs are coming back. We got stuff coming back that's going to happen for Patreon folks. So more to come on that. Pay attention. And if you want to get a Heartland Pod mug and more, there's going to be more than that. I've seen them. They look cool. They're going to be very cool. They're very cool mugs. It's going to happen. So and There's other cool stuff that the that the Patreon folks are going to get that I'm very excited about that has my own little spin on it. So yes. it's going to be a fun time. Fun 2022. Well, let's jump into the topics for today. We have a true or false. True or false. And this one's fairly simple. Uh, had an interview on uh, that came out on Thursday with uh, three folks from the Missouri Democratic Party, which we uh, thank them still very much for taking the time to do that because totally. it's a hard, hard thing to do. Totally. Um, 
you know, I, I feel like if you're in any type of politics and you volunteer to go on media that you have zero control over, that's a pretty big uh, thing to do. So whether, you know, I don't care which party you're with, I think it's a big deal. Um, so good on them for doing that. Uh, I did wag my finger a bit, got some feedback. I tell you what, I got a lot of positive feedback, but I did get some folks who, uh, you know, maybe thought I was a little harsh. So true or false, I was too mean to the Missouri Democratic Party last week. What do you think? I didn't think you were mean. Um, like I, I, I heard, we talked about it before I listened to it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, my thought as I was listening to it is it sounded like a conversation between some, between people who are, have the similar, kind of similar out, want similar outcomes, right? Right, right. We want the state of Missouri to be run by better people than what we have in power right now. Right. Um, I feel like on your end, you were maybe have a, a greater sense of urgency. And mm-hmm. listen, when you're running a party, you kind of do have to sound like the, the cool, I understand that you're the, the media training that you get, the, the expectations on you, um, especially because Missouri hire, I don't know if this is true in every state, but Missouri hires, I think it's true for most democratic, uh, inst- the democratic party institutions across the country that you get a new director every four years. Right. right? So it's yeah. a new team every time. And, I, I, it's like, you have to spin the whole thing up all over again. And I, that sounds terrible. Um, so I, I'm always appreciative of the fact that they are, you know, underfunded. Um, they don't have nearly the financial support that the Republican party does in Missouri, which is a fantastic understatement. Um, but I didn't think you were mean. I think you were, you were doing the service that I think a lot of our listeners want is just to be like, what? (laughs) like where why how where where and that's always the question i hear from a lot of people is like where can i find out how do i do why is it so hard to dot 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 like and uh and i never really know what to say yeah yeah i thought it was interesting in and telling the 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 questions that came from twitter you know because that was 30 40 percent of the interview was just repeating somebody's question from twitter and then kind of expanding on it a little bit. And so a lot of that came from folks who are following. And by the way, that was on my personal Twitter feed. So these are the people who are really paying attention, right? They're following the personal Twitter account of a regional podcast host, right? To ask questions about Pretty a specific. state Democratic Party. Like, Pretty specific, yeah. These are Pretty people specific. who care. They're, they're, they're plugged in. So, yeah. I, it's, and, and, and I think that's the point is that it's not about, you know, if people see that as uh, some type of attack or anything like that, um, you know, see it for what it is. You know, an, an attack would be some type of like trying to do harm. And this was not trying to do harm. Or gotcha questions. Right. Or, you know, adversarial. Right. You weren't adversarial. Right. You didn't have that right. tone. You were just and, like, what the hell's with this? You were trying to really embody the questions. Yes. And, and that's that's sort of the point uh, of doing it and and having that, you know, when I say change the conversation, that's what I mean by change the conversation is like if we can't if, if we can't look at each other as folks who all want something uh, in this state that is different than what's happening right now. If we can't look at each other and say, is this working and can we do it better? Like if we can't have that base level conversation, then what's never going to get better because you can't uh, you know, I, I, I made I alluded to it uh, on my own. Uh, Twitter feed about looking in the mirror is really hard. And like, personally, when I look in the mirror, I think who's the asshole that made me eat all those 
tacos. Um, and, and I wish I could, you know, go back and slap that person. Um, but it was just me, you know, but it's hard to do that for yourself. And sometimes it's easier when a friend can look at you and say, Hey, I'm worried about you. Hey, what's going on? Hey, you know, or, you know, a doctor or somebody like that who can step in and kind of say, maybe we do maybe, maybe less tacos. What my big takeaway was, it's pretty straightforward. If we don't know if people like us, if people like Rachel Parker and Adam Summer, um, I mean, there are a lot of people that know more about Missouri politics than I do for sure, but come on. Um, I certainly right. follow it really closely. Uh, the, I feel like if we can't figure these things out, if we don't know these things, then it's just too hard to, it's just too hard to figure it out. Right. It's too difficult. Right. It's not transparent enough. <clears throat> They're not using enough tools to reach people. Right. And they may not be the apparatus that we need. I think this is where you're we're going with this, right? Right, right. Uh, is the page, is the post that I put up uh, this morning that they may not be the appar- the right apparatus to get us to where we want to go as progressives and as dirt road Democrats and as uh, grassroots candidates and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's <laughs> that was one thing that somebody hit me on. I was like, a progressive who won't even say he's a Democrat. What does that even mean? It's like, well, that's because I'm a progressive. Like that's my first and foremost, you know, ideology is progressivism. And party to me is a secondary feature of that. But the piece that you wrote on our Patreon, and so for folks uh, who are not subscribers, this is a free one. It's on our Twitter already, uh, on the Heartland Pod Twitter. <clears throat> it has been shared. And you can go to Patreon and you can search for the Heartland Pod and you can find there's a few different free ones that we have posted. Uh, Rachel's piece that she put up is a very good uh, explanation of what she just said about, you know, A, Yeah, the party's got some issues that they need to deal with. But B, I think it's also unfair that people are looking at the party and saying, please save us, right? It's it's kind of that zone of it's a chicken and egg thing a little bit, but also people have to, you know, it's it's the the guy on the roof with the helicopter, right? You got to take the helicopter. There there were a lot of times – so. I'll, I'll just say this as quickly as I can, because uh, I allude to it in the in the in the in the post that when I first got back to St. Louis in 2016, uh, my husband was very ill. Trump won. And uh, I did whatever activism I could uh, until my husband's lung transplant in 2018. And then I just had to take steps back because my my personal life was too overwhelming at that time. And uh, to do the kind of activism that I had been doing prior. <clears throat> and I didn't know anybody. Right. So I come to St. Louis very fresh, very green, as far as like my knowledge base of, you know, change agents and activism and stuff like that. And let me just say that I, I always want to make sure that I clarify this. The movement that is very functional, I think, in this region and in St. Louis in particular, mm-hmm. is the movements around people like Rasheen Aldridge and Corey Bush, the Fight for yes. 15 movement, the Expect Us movement, the Black Lives Matter movement, whatever you want to call it, that, you know, it, it, it's had a few different faces over the last couple of years. Those folks kick absolute ass. I'm not talking about Mm -hmm. them. I'm not talking about Cori Bush. I'm not talking about that Tashara Jones Democrat in St. Louis, period. I'm not even talking about, you guys are great. Keep doing what you're doing. Y'all are awesome. (laughs) And I, and I immediately clocked that. I was like, I don't, I don't sense that I'm needed here. I mean, I'll offer support campaign donations, things like that. Maybe show up to a protest uh, because those are moments that you, everybody can come to pretty easily. Right. And they are a masterclass, by the way, they are a masterclass in how to organize. Holy yeah. crap. Holy crap. Uh, the protests in uh, 20, 
uh, 18 were mm-hmm. unbelievably just mwah, chef's kiss. Badass. Everyone else, you guys need to go back to school. There's just not any, there's just not any youthful energy in these like kind of more traditional democratic committee meetings and stuff. I had a friend who told me that she went to, again, this is right after Donald Trump got elected. Uh, and she lives in Eric Greitens country. She's from mm-hmm. Creepcore. Mm-hmm. And she went to her local committee meeting just to be like, all right, I'm jumping back in. I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do if it's school board or whatever. Right. She, she, she's got a, at the time she had a four year old, I think. And so she had to bring her kid with her to the, uh, meeting because it was like three o'clock in the afternoon or something. Sure. And she has a kid and she walked into a room full of, uh, people who were definitely all social security eligible and they kept asking her if they could, if she could have leave, like, if the next time you come, please don't bring your daughter. We would like you to be involved. Just, we don't want children involved with politics. And I was like, are you kidding? Like, it doesn't involve them. Th- so this, so this is the region that, de- that produced at the time our cretinous governor. Mm-hmm. And here's somebody who's like, I'm here. I'm young. I want to kick ass. Maybe you know, this person's maybe like 40. I don't know. And they were like, honey, your daughter's so loud. Yeah. So if that happens. There are young Democrat meetings, but at the same time, that's not, you know, just because there's a young Democrat group doesn't mean that that should be the only place you're allowed to be young. That's right. What if you're not a student? Right. What if, heaven forbid, and look, if I'm like, there are people that I know who do killer work. um, And I try to mention that in the, in the, in the post that like. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about everybody that I've met. (laughs) Like I'm not talking about every single person I ran into or that I know or whatever. I'm really saying that if you're older than 22 and younger than 65, it's really (laughs) hard to navigate life as an activist in uh, St. Louis. It is. I don't, I don't like, I'm pretty good at this and I found it very, very, very difficult. And I think that if that's true here where, you know, we're pretty much the seat of, Democratic organizing in yeah. Missouri, a little bit Kansas City, but you know, predominantly St. Louis. Um, if it's hard here, I can't even imagine. What's the story that you told me about the, the going to the meeting? I shouldn't laugh; it's not really funny. Oh, the soup! Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's really quick, and then we'll, we'll move on yeah. on topics. But people should read Rachel's piece; it's very good. It's on Patreon link on our Twitter. Um, yeah, you know, I, I. I I tried to get into because that was one of the answers, right? From the party people was, "Well, join their, get involved with your central committee." Okay, great. Okay, gave Mm -hmm. it a shot. Went to some meetings, gave it a shot. Um, Similar kind of thing where you know you sort of get looked past um, on that on that stuff, especially when you're young. And I'm talking about like no one introduces themselves to you when you walk in the room. No, you walk in the room and sit down, and no one says, "Hi, how are you? I've never seen you before. What's your name? Where are you from? Why don't we put you in front of the group? Tell us who you are." How Nothing. do you want to be involved? How can we Nothing. get you going right now? Nothing. It's just we assume that you're, you know, we're just going to pretend like you're I've, a Republican, essentially. Right. I've come to just not to jump on you, not to piggyback, but I've gone to uh, actions, right? Actual actions. Right. And can you be here at this time? Can you do this? Can you go sign up? Can you? Yes, yes, yes. To all those things. Walked up. No one Nobody. was there to take Nobody. my name. And look, organizing's hard. Yeah. I'm not saying it isn't, but like. I'm just we're saying this out loud as much as we can because yeah. people who are not getting and not doing need to start just just throw yourself in anyway tell your soup story I, I'll yeah. shut up well no it, it's it, the the point of it and whether you know the soup story is just that 
I thought I was at a Democratic meeting and I was at a soup club meeting, essentially. Um, and that was my takeaway was uh, there's nothing serious happening here except for they're definitely going to have a bitch and soup luncheon coming up very soon quarterly. So that was kind of my main I takeaway. I think the line you told me was right after Donald Trump won, I think we need to be worried about more than just when are we going to have soup? Yes. And I was like, yes, that is the tagline for American Midwestern <laughs> politics right there. So, but I've, I've stayed kind of connected to the local uh, Democrat group and I'm in their Facebook group. And so this is a microcosm. So, Two days ago or a day ago, I don't remember. Uh, let me look at it. Um, yeah, so on the 21st. So this was this was just yesterday or, two, or Friday night. One of the locals who has run for office, and I have a lot of respect for I've said this before. I have a lot of respect for the people who put their name out there. So he's pushing this equal representation thing where essentially you can choose a proxy for your representative in the Missouri House and and just say, I want my vote to assign to this representative. So, like, for example, right, I live in a place where my representative right. is a Republican and, you know, some of the stuff he does, I think, is good for our local community. So I don't necessarily disagree with him on everything, but there's plenty of stuff that I do disagree with him on. So I could say, you know what, I, I met this this young up and coming all star out of St. Louis, uh, you know, Representative Rasheen Aldrich. I'd like him to be my representative. So I give him my proxy. I fill out the paperwork and now he gets my my proxy to vote. It's an it's a it's an interesting thought, right? Except it's ridiculous because and total and fantastically unconstitutional. The work that you'd have to do to get to that point yes. is we're better with ranked choice voting and other things right. that are it just doesn't make possible. any sense at all. Um and so I you know, I point that out and it's I said this seems a little complicated to sell. It appears to allow one member of a chamber, at least in theory, to cast a majority of votes. If so, vested by a proxy. Also, the last two provisions would hand the setup of what amounts to a voter ID system to the current legislature, allowing them to make the rules as they say fit. So before you can even do the proxy thing, it it forces you to make all the rules of how to do the proxy thing, which would be in the hands of what is currently still a majority, by the way, even if the supermajority is gone, of the GOP to set all of this up. And it just gives them the direction to write appropriate legislation. To make all of this happen, <laughs> the, the people who passed the "we can't prosecute gun laws" people, right? That's right, who you're exactly. giving this a, like this weird kind of okay, right? And who uh, is this person who like who is what what uh, role do they have? Doesn't uh, matter. He's, he's run for office before. I, yeah, okay. I don't. I don't want right. to. I don't right, want to like fine, personally fine. call the person out or anything. But the, their response was, "Have you read the list of benefits?" And it's just it's that to me is the microcosm of the disconnect of. Some of the Democrats out there in Missouri and what we are saying, which is, A, it's not about selling you, – you can't sell this thing by saying, do you have 20 minutes for me to explain to you the list a- of benefits? Men. A- you can't do it. Men. Can you do it in 10 words? Can you do it in 15 words? Can you do it in a one-word commercial that runs on my Twitter feed or my Facebook feed and I happen to watch it because I don't go quickly enough with my finger before the sound comes on and so I go ahead and watch it anyway? If you can't do it in a minute, shut up. You're not going to get it done. This is not going to happen. Anyway. Oh, well, I'll end with, we'll, we'll end with this. There was a – I allude to this and I will be very vague because I don't want to – I don't want to make anybody feel like I'm calling them out because the yeah. people, again, a lot of the people that are doing the work have been doing it for a long time yeah, and have been doing it by themselves. And so and there's I do applaud that like the people who show up week after week after week to oh the farmers God, markets yeah. and all yeah. that stuff with the voter sure. registration. Of like those people are absolutely, they, they should get Heroes. a standing ovation. Yes. And they don't. That's kind of our point. Our point is that the, the, 
like I was at an event and I'm not going to say when or where it was this summer. That's it. That's, I allude to it in the blog post. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think I called you or we had a, we, we, we may were, maybe we were taping the podcast that night or something, but I remember mm-hmm. like talking to you right afterwards. And, um, this is the kind of, this is the kind of, uh, kickoff event where if I were uh, a member of the statewide Missouri Democratic Party, I definitely would have been like, do you mind if we have a booth there? Do you mind if we send someone there? Can you imagine if during, I mean, I know that there's this thing about like, we can't show preferential, whatever. This was someone who's already in the house. So already in the house, already in the house, Missouri house, already there. Uh, and this is not, again, like I, I'm afraid if this person listens to which they're too busy, they're not going to, they'll recognize themselves, but that is not about them. This is about what I observed and what I observed was this is one of the last true blue strongholds in the state is the part of St. Louis that I live in. And I was like, if this is the, if these are the people and I don't mean the organizers, I kind of do, but I really also mean the actual people that came. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I had like, we had, you had to talk me off the ledge. I was like, I, I don't, mm-hmm. there's no, what yeah. are we gonna, and I don't, what the, uh, like it was pretty, it was pretty, it was pretty, uh, defeating. Yeah. But anyway, well, that's why we're here. So yeah, we'll keep doing what we're doing. So that was a really, really long, true or false. It's a big thing. Uh, and I'm going to move on to the, yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, no, COVID is over in Missouri and everything is fine. Governor Mike Parson gave his State of the State speech uh, this past week. Uh, hopefully you guys saw our coverage on the socials on that. Um, he, uh, shout out to Nicholas Linky for that, by the way. He uh, declared mission accomplished over COVID. He flew in, parachuted down in his flight suit and uh, got on the microphone. <laughs> so we did it, mission accomplished. Old Cheney boy, Rummy. And... Uh, <laughs> COVID's over in Missouri, except uh, then we have the statement from Minority Leader Quaid, who pointed out, um, yeah, except we're at work today with our kids in the Capitol building because the schools are closed because of the COVID that's not gone. Uh, And then we've got A.G. Schmidt, who is now suing the schools for trying to mitigate the COVID spread so that they can stay. It's just it's it's. Yeah. Eric Schmidt filed 35 lawsuits against school districts on Friday, Friday. And yeah. some of those school districts don't even have mask mandates in yeah. place. It just looks like he just pointed at the probably some of the poorest districts that can't afford to defend themselves. And some of the, there's some really big districts and some really poor districts. It's really but what he pointed at were places where he can pull votes. Right. So, uh, and I, I guess, want to be clear about that. I'm not. I don't even want to pull punches here. Eric Schmidt is suing school districts to get people excited about voting for Eric Schmidt. That's why he is doing this. He can say whatever he wants. The people around him who want to spin it can spin it however they want to spin it. He's doing this for political purposes. You don't sue school districts that don't even have a mask mandate for having a mask mandate if you're not doing it for political purposes. And you don't drop 35 lawsuits on the same day at the same time because a principal has bit you in the butt and you need to get something done. And I don't mean a principal like of a school. I mean a principal of like a thing that you, you know, drive your life based on. 
it doesn't happen overnight. They have been teeing this up for weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months and months. They have a ton of signatories to these lawsuits, a ton of people, private citizens who have now put their name on a public lawsuit, by the way. All of those people, by the way, are now subject to whatever comes their direction. Congratulations for putting your name out there and telling all of us that you're into this for the politics as well, because that's what's going on here. This is purely political. Make no mistake about it, and we need to say it over and over and over and over again. And he's still trailing Eric Greitens in the polls. It's still not working, and it's ridiculous. Well, like my so my stepmom is a retired public school professional. She was a uh, high school counselor in Rockwood, which is like the there's no more conservative district in St. Louis County than Rockwood, like mm-hmm. that whole Wildwood area. Right. Very red, super red, crimson red. Um. I like there are she's a Republican like there are Republicans there are evangelical Republicans who are teachers yeah in these districts who are principals who are counselors who are school professionals like so he's attacking his own base now I don't it's so desperate Um, and I think what galls me the most about Parson and his posturing has is first of all is that it's never changed I mean I'll give him that it's he's been consistent like uh COVID's not a problem it'll go away that's been his policy because his COVID policy meanwhile he did ask for help from the national guard to basically like come in and help with like hospitalization like he's basically like told the Biden administration they could send people to help with um uh overwhelmed hospitals because the hospitals in St. Louis are flooded with COVID patients um I tweeted last week I think that there were 29 children this was you know the numbers change every day uh, but at some point last week, there were 29 children in Children's Hospital in the Kansas City area, whatever that hospital is called, and five of them were in the ICU. All of them were there because of COVID, because mm-hmm. parents didn't get them vaccinated. So not a single word came out of our governor's mouth during his state of the state, which I know a lot of people don't listen to, but it's his time to sort of just like the state of the union is. These are going to be my priorities. This is what I'm focusing on. This is what I'm worried about. And he was bragging about the Missouri budget surplus, mm-hmm. which has nothing to do with him it's, and it's, everything it's like to do with Joe Biden. Yeah. 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 It's all Joe Biden. <laughs> so he's bragging about like Missouri's in great shape fiscally, yeah, not because of you, your party. So, right. you know, shout out like the Joe Biden Democrats in DC need to get, I, I love that. Um, uh, uh, oh my God. How can I just forget her name? I forgot her name because I'm tired. Uh, former Nina Turner. Jesus Christ. Sorry, you guys. Nina Turner keeps saying gas up the jet. And I love that. Like, yeah, gas up the jet. Because without them coming to states like Missouri and pounding on people like Ann Wagner saying, Mm -hmm. you you didn't do any of this. You didn't even try. Like, you didn't sign. You didn't like you didn't want this legislation for these people. All you did was cry socialism. Yeah. So anyway. So, yeah, no, it's terrible. He's a disgrace. Exactly. A disgrace. Total disgrace. This one can be pretty short. Eric Schmidt, yeah, no. All right, buy or sell. All right, we're buying or selling. Uh, At some point, voters will realize that their states are being run by corporations and PACs. And this is a direct outgrowth, I will start by saying. This is direct outgrowth of term limits. This is why term limits are bad. 
because then you get people into the government who don't know how to govern. They don't know how to do government. They don't know how to write a bill. They don't know how to write a resolution. They don't know what the legislative calendar looks like or how it works or how amendments work or how any of it works. And so what happens is... And they don't care about any of those things. Right, right. They don't care. They don't care. And so some guy comes up and he's like, hey, you want to pass a bill? You want to get in the news? Here, here's a bill. And they go, cool, this looks great. And it was from ALEC, or it was from the Show Me Institute, or it was from uh, Americans for Prosperity, or the Heritage Foundation, or any other myriad. And this is not, by the way, only a a right side of the aisle issue. This is something that does happen both directions. Uh, But in states like Missouri, it is heavily, heavily on the right side of the aisle. Uh, So buy or sell, what do you think? Uh, At some point, people are going to figure this out and, and wake up. Well, I think that in Missouri, uh, a lot of, I would say, like St. Louis activists are very aware of dark money, um, painfully aware of dark money. They just don't, there's just nothing they can do about it um, because the Supreme Court was like, it's fine. Dark money's great. We love dark money. Dark money is speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, so until, and, and Citizens United isn't going anywhere, um, especially not with this court. So uh, I'm buying that uh, progressives already know that i'm not buying that uh (laughs) conservative the conservative base will ever give a shit about it because listen the the conservative base i'm gonna if there's anything that speaking of like all this stuff that we're trying to like kind of drill home because nobody else is doing it enough the then i kind of hit this in my article too the republican base in missouri is not as rural as people think it is yeah there's there's tons of rural voters that are republican sure of course yes but the Trump base, there's this almost like romantic romanticization, yes. romanticizing. It's, it's the Yellowstone base. Yeah, they it's like the, to show a, Yellowstone. They they yeah. buy cowboy hats. They buy trucks. Yes, they live in in neighborhoods. They live in yes. thirty five hundred square foot two air Amen. conditioner McMansions. Yes. yes, in tight suburban neighborhoods. And they and their IT managers for yes. fucking Mastercard or whatever. Yes. And they like they play redneck out on the weekends. And they yes. have like. You know, they have a side by uh, side that they pull on their trailer on their truck and they go out and which, by the way, I'm not saying fine. those are bad activities. It's fine. I love playing redneck on the weekend, too. That's why I have a little bit of land behind my house. I, I love playing a little bit of redneck. I'll split some wood. I'll do that stuff. I got a smoker with a real wood. These people don't split. It. These people don't split their own wood. That's a fair point. Adam. That's a fair point. <laughs> they buy a cord pre-cut. Come on. Point. Or they have a gas fireplace. <laughs> um, but that's what I, I think that's what, like, if there's another, like, there, there, you know, at some point, like, we'll write down all the things that we really are, that are kind of the, the roots of the tree of the Heartland Pod family of podcasts, right? right? And one of them is definitely combating this notion that mostly comes from the national media, that the Trump base right. is, are just these disaffected blue collar ex-union, right. ex No, they're not. No, they're not. Yeah, there's a lot of those people, but they're also called swing voters. Like right. those people kind of vacillate between elections every single cycle. That's just right. what they do. So they're called swing voters because they swing back and forth every election. They go, well, I don't like this. Well, whatever. Right. No, the they're Trump- middle management paparazzi jewelry, jewelry sellers. Like that's that's your base. Yes. Middle management. So it's not. Paparazzi yeah, it's jewelry. not. It's not people that are like angry <laughs> farmers. Specific? That, a little bit. I was like, I, I need to know. I think I get it. Um, but uh, is paparazzi like a brand or something? Is it like it's, one of those okay, let me mid-level marketing it. things? Mid, yeah. Mid-level, okay. mid-level management and mid-le- and multi-level marketing. Sure. You put those totally. two things together, you've got the Boom. Base. Boom. Yeah. It's not these like 
you know, people who are like wandering around Appalachia. Yes. Right. Yes, they are too. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of what I think everybody thinks of is like the dope sick cast. Like that's right. what the Trump voter looks like. What the right. Trump voter looks like is a dude with a suit during the day and cowboy boots and a cowboy hat on the weekends. Yeah. And absolutely. these colors don't run t-shirts and shit. Yes. And, uh, so that's, so, so anyway, getting back to yeah. what we're talking a lot about, of them, by the way, are pretty regular people who aren't radicals. Like they're just, they, they get just enough of a dose of the, of the like, don't let them take away your freedom thing, and they yeah. as they spend and they're kind of racist. Day, Let's yeah, be clear, some, some of them, yeah, not all of them, but some of them. But when you spend your day with no freedom, right? If you work for a, a global corporation or a large corporation in middle management, for, and, and this is you know very oversimplified, but if that's what you do, yeah. you know, then yeah, it probably does feel pretty good to vote for somebody who says, "I'm going to make sure you get to keep your freedom when you feel like every day you don't have any freedom," right. Correct. Anyway. So anyway, yeah. Are those people going to come around to like what Alec is doing? To st- no, 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 ever, never. Cause their, their needs are being satisfied. Yes. They're, they don't want things to be any right. different. Maslow They're fine. is taught still for a reason. Yes. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. It's all Maslow. Um, they're getting the basics. Why would they look at the rest of it? So, well, yeah, I agree. I'm selling it. I don't think I, I, the reason I want to bring it up is because I do think it's something that, that folks need to be talking more about. Um, I think it's one of those conversations that people can have uh, where, you know, when you're talking to one of your friends who, you know, maybe, maybe they're not a Trump voter, maybe they didn't vote for Trump, but maybe they're in the kind of zone of folks that we're talking about where you could see them going that direction or they're, you know, they talk about the masks stuff at school and they're like, yeah, I really don't, you know, mandates I think are a bad thing. And just try to unpack it with them. Like, well, what do you mean by that? What kind of mandates are you talking about? What have you seen, right? And then be able to point out like, hey, do you know what ALEC is? Do you know what the Show Me Institute is? Do you know what the Heritage Foundation is? Can I tell you about those things? Can we can we get the computer out and look at what these things are? And I think the hard part is this. I'm just I'm going to push back a little bit, if I, if I may. If mm-hmm. I may. Yeah. Um, just so you can, because I'm curious to hear what you say. The, the response that I expect most of the time when you say that is like, yeah, but both sides do it. Both sides are corrupt. Both sides, uh-huh. Uh-huh. the both sideism, right? The, 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 but the Democrats do it too. The Democrats are just right. as bad. The Democrats and are, the response they're corrupt. To that is, is show me this, show me the equivalent of this on the other side. You show that to me. I'll show you this. You show me the equivalent. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough out there because people that have, when you're having a conversation with someone who doesn't fundamentally believe that there's anything wrong um, but but falsely believes that they have something to lose. Mm-hmm. It's very 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 yeah. difficult, and so I think rather than the conversation, you really do have to find. With going back to what we were talking about at the top of the show, you really do have to do your homework in a place like Missouri. Yeah. And I think you're better off. Honestly, I know it sounds absolutely insane. I think you're better off trying to convince people that don't live here to move back or yeah. find your friends who think like you and do are open to this type of information or kind of like maybe know it a little bit, but don't do anything to get involved. Yeah. Those are the people that you, cause th- I think that like we have more of the numbers than we realize that we do. It's just that most yeah. people, most yeah. of those people are busy raising their children. And yeah. so they don't, cause they come back here to have kids. And so yeah. like, they don't like people that like live in New York and Colorado or whatever, and like move home to St. Louis to be close to family. 
the second they get here, they buy the house they can suddenly afford. Mm-hmm. They have the lawn they've always wanted, right? Yep, yep. Uh, they plant the tomato garden, and the kids enroll in Webster schools or Kirkwood schools or Wildwood schools or whatever, and they never think about politics. They just right. don't agree. Those right. are the people I think that we should be trying to sort of engage more personally. Yeah. Um, because. Yeah, I think that's true. You don't. They just all. They need to know that they're they're much more powerful and important than they realize they are. So um, I think those are the people in your life that you can reach out to and be like, if you don't do something, if you don't get involved, you don't know mm-hmm. what what future do you want for your children? Yeah. Honestly, and it's it's as simple as um, and I want to move us to the big one here, but like so this this article that I had pulled up on the the Schmidt lawsuits from a place called the daily caller. Okay. It's as simple as scrolling down to the bottom of the daily caller, which by the way, the stock photo that they use from what I can tell appears to be from the courthouse square in Memphis, which is a really cool place if you've never been there. Um, but if you scroll down and you see it, okay. Okay. So this is written. Okay. Here's the tag. It's written by Chrissy Clark from the and for people that don't know the daily caller is well, that, that's one of the I'm... most conservative right. websites so in that's America. What I'm getting America at is yeah. It just looks like this news website, the daily caller. Okay. Well, this is kind of interesting. It's got news. It's got opinion. It's got shows. So the whole point is learn to scroll to the bottom and learn to get other people to scroll to the bottom and click about us. Cause when you click about us on the daily caller, you get the following founded in 2010 by Tucker Carlson and Neil Patel, former chief policy advisor to president vice president. That's so adorable. By the way, that Tucker Carlson still refers to himself as a veteran journalist. That's so cute. That's cute. Shit talking haircut. Tucker Carlson. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Who lives in New York city. Right. And and the daily caller, this big conservative thing is based in Washington, DC. So, It's like, uh, like this is what I'm talking about. So, and that's true on the left too. Like, yeah, yeah exactly, sure. exactly. Like, know who are your sources. No, the little, and I think the like, place that uh, what's his face Coons comes out of, right? He comes out of a left wing think tank. It's based in D.C. That's what yeah. he was doing for however. I'll, long. I'll tell one story really quickly, and then let's let's get to the big story. But like, um, when I was in my early 30s, I was yeah, 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 yeah. mid 30s maybe, whatever. Uh, it was during like we're we're squarely in the rifle sites of the Trump Iraq period, um, and I was miserable when it came to politics. I had all but stopped watching the news because I had to kind of preserve my sanity because that's how much I hated mm-hmm. uh, George W. Bush and the war and just the absolute suspension of habeas corpus and all these like terrible things that have led us to where we are now. Um, I will never let that go because I'm right. Um, and one of the coworkers that I had was a younger guy, younger 10-ish years, younger than me. And he came from a very conservative uh, home in California. And uh, he had that kind of like, I still just sound like my parents thing going on. Sure. And he would come over cause we got along really well. We were good friends and he liked that. I didn't take a shit. And so he would come up, he would come to my desk and be like, um, so Hillary Clinton, I'd be like, what, what do you, what, what are we doing? What are we talking about now with her? And again, like she wasn't even in office at that. Like, I think she was in the Senate at that point still. Yeah, she was, she was in the Senate. Um, he's like, I mean, she's kind of corrupt. Right. And I was like, I was like, no, not really. I mean, she's, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I agree that it looks a little shady that somebody who was the ex-first lady decided she wanted to be a senator from New York and just, like, made it happen. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. not great. I'm not into that. And he's like, well, she's just kind of a bitch, right? And I was like, where did you hear that? Ooh. Where did you hear that? Where did you hear that she's a bitch? Right. Who told you that? And he's like, and he kind of got stymied. And I was like, by the way, 
why is that the most important thing that we have to talk about, about somebody who's a lawmaker? I was like, don't you want somebody in the Senate who's like maybe a little bit forceful, a little bit aggressive? Wouldn't you assume that somebody who gets to the, in the U.S. Senate is perhaps a little bit more tough than the rest of us? Sure. And it left this. So I think that's always a really good thing, too, like getting back to like, what do you say? Where did you hear that information? Who told you that? Where did you discover it? And if it's somebody who's just like, well, I listen to Tucker Carlson every night walk away like what are you gonna say like this is someone who's like um but if it's somebody who listens to me more independent media or somebody who's just like i don't know i think i just kind of heard it that's kind of your window to be like okay well can i maybe suggest some sources as to where that came from and what the money behind that message let's talk about that because after i talked to this guy about this he was like full-on michael moore fahrenheit 9-11 the carlisle group is buying all these conservative politicians (laughs) and i was like there you go it's out there it's uh what is that x files right yeah the truth is out there yeah (laughs) all right let's move on to the big one and now the big one all right midterm polling numbers are looking pretty bad for the democrats uh if you're paying close attention you know that most of the soothsayers are saying that it's going to be bad in the fall of 2022 for democrats Uh, For many different reasons, there's this NBC article by uh, Chuck Todd and Mark Murray and Ben (laughs) Canister and Bridget Bowman. That's the right way to say Chuck Todd's name. I was like, yeah, that's in the phonetic media guide, actually. You get a little, you get a little like backsplash with that in your throat. Like, okay, it's in the phonetic media guide. Heavy sigh while holding back vomit. (laughs) (laughs) There's no other. It doesn't. There's nothing else about the consonants or anything. It's just that's how you pronounce it. Um, so essentially, the the thing is wrong track, presidential approval, and uh, overall generic ballot, right? And you take those three things and you put them into a blender, and they tell you what's going to happen in the midterms. And they ha- and it has a pretty decent track record for twenty or so years of predicting some things. So right now, the country, according, and this is their polling, so seventy one percent wrong track, forty two percent approval for Biden, generic ballot plus two for Democrats. And so if folks can harken back, you can remember, right, 2016, the Democratic, you know, the straight up Democrat versus Trump has always been Democrat plus whatever, right? And yet Trump still somehow wins. Why? Because generic ballot like that is not a really good indicator of of a lot of things. Uh, And you got to reach certain voters who you don't reach with some of these polls. So there's that. Uh, Biden approval has been holding pretty steady. It's higher than where Trump's was. It's still low. And I think, you know, we've talked about this a little bit before that I just think we're in a new era uh, of presidential politics where I don't know that a president can be above 50 percent approval anymore unless there's some After great the, national. I, yeah, I don't I mean, Obama wasn't popular at this point either. And his I mean, right. he, he got a, he got less than a year, too. Yeah. And, he he I mean, wound up being much more popular in the end when he left. He, he his popularity went up as he was on his way out. Which yeah, because nobody really wanted to. We were like, oh god, right? <laughs> oh, no. What what awaits well, us? And a lot of people um, did kind of come around and just be like, this guy did all right. Like he was like he held it down, you know. And maybe I didn't agree with him, but like he did. Well, the, the economy got proud. better. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but then we have the wrong track, which is at seventy one percent, which is a big number. Like that's a big, 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 big number that the country's on the wrong track, seventy one percent. So anyway, this article posits that, and this will be in the show notes, essentially you put all this together and it means that the Democrats are going to get shellacked. They're going to get absolutely walloped uh, in 2022 uh, in the midterms. And that 
very well could be the case. We still have a lot of, you know, what, 10 months or so of politicking left to do before we find out about that. Uh, so let's jump in on that. And Rachel, you've got this great intercept piece. We've got all kinds of good stuff here to talk about. Yeah. The intercept piece, we talk so much and I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the, the, just the eagle eye that we have on the, uh, Senate races here in Missouri. Mm -hmm. Um, and the intercept piece we're talking about, and by the way, like chef's kiss to the intercept, Mm -hmm. God bless you for this article. Um, it's, it's called really how the, good. it's really good. How the leading, speaking of dark money, how the leading Republican candidate for, for Missouri Senate seat lost Coke support. Yeah. And it's about Eric Grines and Eric Schmidt. And you have to read it. Yeah. Uh, it is a greatest hits. If you follow Missouri politics or St. Louis politics, yes, they talk about Rex Singfield, mm-hmm. but basically it talks about like the unbelievable amount of dark money saturation in this Senate race and how it shifted from Greitens to Schmidt because Greitens is such an embarrassment and they're concerned he'll be another Aiken, blah, blah, blah. Things we've talked about before, but it really like shows you the money, um, which is really interesting. And so we always say that like, if so goes Missouri, so goes Ohio, Mm -hmm. so goes Kansas, so goes Oklahoma, um, so goes uh, maybe less Georgia just because they have two incumbent Republic or Democrats and so on and so forth. Right. So that's one thing. The other thing is that it's very unlikely that the party that controls the presidency will hang on to both houses of Congress after the midterm election. Yeah. Trump didn't Bush didn't Obama didn't Clinton didn't. Um, and I don't think that Bush the first did either. I don't remember. I'd have to look uh, that up. He, so he did. Um, he was kind of a rare, 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 rare bird on that. But also remember the 20 to 2002 midterms were eight months after the country was, or a year essentially after the country was attacked at the terrorist attack. Well, that's Bush the second. The no, he, lo- he, lo- he lost, he, he lost the Senate. Because, but also like somebody defected, right? Like somebody turned. Right, it was parties. a lot different than what this. Yeah, is. it was totally very different. different very is. different. Um, but uh, so so for that for that to happen, it's it's super 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 unusual. Um, yeah. So the thing that kills me about every time, what did you you said that there was a cook uh, a cook re- political report that said like the headlines are the same as they've always been. They're always, this is what they always look like during the terms. Like exactly. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah. The headlines are the same that when you read articles like the, and I think you should about the, the NBC news uh, piece that Adam's talking about, you should glance at it at least. Um, the thing is, is that the way they talk about it is that it's still like, Oh, is this going to like, it happens right. this way every time. Right. Like at least just have that context in there. Like, just like in blah, 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 just like in blah, blah, blah. And it does. It has like numbers in there. Um, but the numbers of like, they're going to get shellacked. Like, well, the Republicans got shellacked in the house the last right. time too. I mean, we, and in the 2018 midterms, we introduced an entire new kind of politics to DC. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I think with the reason that everybody's this much more concerned this time is that there, there's a, there is a chance that there's going to be more, I don't think like QAnon wing nuts, uh, that, that, that sort of sneak into DC, but there's definitely going to be a pro Trump stop the steal big lie message, uh, mask, like a lot of the Republicans are running on, like, you can't make kids do things stuff with, you know, like the Arizona gubernatorial candidate is pretty terrifying. She's endorsed by Trump. She's one of the, I think she's in the Republican primary. So there's a lot going on. That's going to really shape the future of the country for the next two years. 
Um, and there's plenty of reasons to be concerned about um, issues like voting rights and voter suppression and things like that, because yeah. the people that are running down ticket, I think, is what we should really be talking about. Absolutely. Congress is really important, like, but we have Biden, we have vetoes, we have things that he can do. Um, and I still think like the uglier the Republicans get, the more likely that we'll have a Democrat retain yeah. the White House in 2024, because that's how swing voters work, right? Which, like, I think you hit something, you, you nailed something on the head that people need to maybe readjust their sights on, which is this is all great. And we're going to talk about polling numbers. And we're going to talk about midterms because we're kind of, you know, we're taking a local and national lens at things. And we want to talk about the whole picture. Well, yeah, I mean, but don't get lost politi- in the national yeah. picture. Unless you want to just talk about who's running for Congress in your district. Right. And you live in a swing district. Like if you, you know, you should be, if you live and in the second, if you don't start, start, you know, people who say, how do I change my district? You don't change your district by starting at the top. You change your district by starting at the bottom. You change your district by looking at that's right city councils right. and county commissions and all of those places and going, okay, well, who's running for these seats? Could I run for one of these seats? This is what could one of my friends run for one of these seats? How can we do that? What does it really take? What do you think it really takes to to get a city council seat or a school board seat, right? And put people in positions of, of power at the lower levels. And now they're part of the power structure at the lower levels. This is how, like, if people want to understand, like, the, the Republicans did not do what they have done to places like Missouri because of Donald Trump. Donald Trump is an outcome of what they did at the local Correct. levels. Correct. This was, Absolutely. This was built from the inside out, not from the outside in. And that's why when we talk politics, we, we start with that granular local. The bottom view because that's where the that's where power lies it lies locally your neighbor has way more power to affect your life on a daily basis than donald trump or joe biden does for lots of different reasons right whether it's a barking dog or a loud car or you know trash in their yard or whatever they're going to impact your life more than the president of the united states on a day-to-day basis that's where it really starts right there and where democracy is the most at risk right now is not in the U.S. House of Representatives. Right. Where democracy is the most at risk, yes, the U.S. House of Representatives could do something. We we talked about this a lot. They could make it better. To, that could make it impossible for the politicization of election boards. Right. But if you live in a state that Donald Trump lost, that is a, that that he should he feels like he should have rightfully won. So Arizona, Georgia. Wisconsin and so forth. Right. Mm -hmm. If you live in one of those States, you should be, uh, Michigan grabbing on. Yeah. Grabbing on with both hands to whatever candidate, maybe it has to be Republican who does not support the big lie. Right. Because the biggest threat to democracy right now, there's a mother Jones article that, um, Adam's got up right now that we were both talking about this morning that talks about just kind of the overall it's voter suppression is part of the issue. Mm-hmm. Gerrymandering is part of the issue. Mm-hmm. Gerrymandering did not work out as well for Republicans as I think they thought it was going to actually. It actually didn't. Yeah. Now I was looking at the cook political report and the, the way that they're rating the races right now, it actually is better than it looked like, like two months ago. Um, That's right. It, so the, it looked but, way worse than it does now. But, but that means because the Republicans realized that they had two cho- – just like in Missouri, they had kind of two choices. They could risk uh, 
postponing, you know, uh, ballot initiatives and all these other things that they do to sort of kind of like, you know, have b- sort of more meaningful wins mm-hmm. um, and really screw up their own primary processes by threatening their very gerrymandered maps. Or they could just be like, mm-hmm. we're just going to take what we have and make it redder. We, we, we did such a good job 10 years ago, which is true, that we can just double down on what we have and not threaten, which is right. what happened here. There's and not, not like threaten- a Trump plus 56 district in Missouri. Right, <laughs> right. They're the same. They're the same. They're totally the same. Right. Uh, and the state map, actually, too, like it looks like the, the state, the, the, dist- the redistricting map for state Senate and state house is also not the bloodbath that I think a lot of people were worried about. Right. Which makes me concerned because that means everybody's going to lower their shoulders and go, oh, we're going to be okay. They're going so the way dark money works is it goes to the places where they see the most opportunity for utter, utter, utter control and um where there's the most kind of weakness. They kick the boards and they're like, that one looks pretty loose over there. And right now it's state it's local election boards mm-hmm. and secretaries of state. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, we've mentioned this before that it, like if Ashcroft runs Again, which I hope he does, because if he doesn't, we're going to get some Trumpy moron running for secretary of state who's going to be like, I think all elections are just lies all the time. Mm -hmm. And we should just be able to seize the votes whenever we want and not certify elections um, because that's the secretary of state's job. Missouri is to certify our elections. And Ashcroft was like, look, we, you know, he loves Trump, first of all. And he's like, but he lost. Mm -hmm. Trump lost. Trump did not win the election. Our elections were fine. So if there's a Republican running against him, who's a pro-Trumper, Which I'm is. going to vote for Jay Ashcroft in the primary in the in the in the primary that year mm-hmm. instead of whoever's running for the Democratic seat. So and probably then for Ashcroft in general because mm-hmm. he's a, I don't like him at all, but at least he's somebody who's I don't want to say well, like, like, like pro democracy, but like he's like he at least believes in the adult, rule of law, right? He just, at least just believes an adult in the faintly, room. He faintly believes in the rule of law enough right. to at least certify elections. So right. that's where I think we have to get really specific is, and it may be like reaching out to your local news stations and reaching out to right. um, your public radio court, uh, uh, your, your, your public radio reporters and things like that. Like whoever is your public radio outlet and asking them, like, do you have a comprehensive list of all of the places that are uh, directly going to be threatened in terms mm-hmm. of like these state electoral races, like secretaries yep. of state who believe in the big lie. Like, have you put that together so that as a nation we can donate to whomever is going to run against them in primaries and who's going to run against them in generals? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's very, very well said. And folks should definitely check out this intercept piece. It's going to be in the show notes. Uh, it is a very good read. I am. It's, it will be, uh, I have already scheduled it to run on our Twitter. So if you're looking for it right now, you can find it on our Twitter feed. Uh, it'll pop up on, uh, popped up on Sunday yesterday as other required reading. Uh, another little wink to Mr. Linky on that one uh, that you can check out before uh, the show or after the show. It's a good supplement. Check out Rachel's piece. Check out the, the intercept piece. Uh, and yeah, that'll do it for this week. We will, uh, lots to come in the coming week. Uh, Heather Fleming from Missouri Equity Education Partnership. Uh, I had a chat with her last week, and that is going to come out tomorrow. Uh, and then we'll have a Delta episode on Wednesday. Uh, you know, just another jam-packed week. And, hey, let's – you know, we're at the end of the show. This is where the hardcore fans are still hanging around, right? Uh, you guys are killing it. Uh, we are looking at numbers from the last few days, and uh, it's a little bit overwhelming. They're – Way, yeah, we're not. way different. 
Can I do a little bit of humble bragging before we quit? Yeah. So I was talking to a friend of mine through the night through work was talking about he that he also produced an independent podcast, but it's more of like a uh, only murder. It's like a true crime podcast. Sure. It's it's fictional, but um, and he's like, yeah, we're really excited because we just um we just crossed the, I think three thousand mark, and I was like, we do that every month, right? Um, right. And everybody kind of looked at me like, what? And I was like, yeah, we we get consistently like well over, and now we're getting close to. Uh, the four thousand, or we're over no, the four thousand. Well, yeah, no, now. we're 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 talking about levels that we, you know, we were like, let's see, by the end of the next six months, and, and it's I, happening like now. Like and I know month. that like it's hard to, it really, you by listening to this, and I'm not I'm not saying this because I'm self serving. I'm saying this because it's I know how media works. When you engage with media like this, all the you know the algorithms on Apple and Spotify mm-hmm. and so forth become a lot more generous with their suggesting all the algorithms because yes. basically they're like, well, people who listen to this and they like it, so it must be good. Um, and that can be great like us and it yes. can be terrible like Joe Rogan. Um, <laughs> so the we're, we've only just begun. Like we have plans to do things that yeah, this you is know, all still build up. <laughs> yeah. We're still just trying to like, we have like, I know exactly what, you know, I want to do. I know what kind of voice I want to be in the future. I know Adam does too. I know Sean does. I know everybody, Nick does, Kevin does. We all have like very specific objectives that are all geared towards not making us the next Chuck Todd or whatever. Right. It really is about how can we make politics in the Midwest more productive locally, statewide, and nationally? Like, yeah. how can we do that? Because it's not happening. Uh, it's not happening aggressively enough. Yeah. Um, so honestly, just by downloading, listening, commenting, uh, rating, reviewing, sharing, all mm-hmm. those things really do make a huge, huge difference because the more you support us, the more we can support that effort. And I think that especially after the conversation I heard last week, uh, on our channel with the modems, no shade to them. It is what it is, whatever. But after I heard that, I was like, we got to start kicking some ass because the future's yeah. not guaranteed right now. It's yeah. just not, it just yeah. isn't. You can't just assume that the life that you used to enjoy is going to be there That's right. in two years. No, cause it may gotta, not, it may you gotta not get out and split wood. You got, you know, you want to, you want the fire to keep burning. You got to get out there and split the wood. It's yeah. It's, it's like, it's really important. Like, so we have to like, we have to treat this like an emergency because yeah. it absolutely is. And yeah, you can do all those things that Rachel said, the, the sharing, the liking, the review, like all that stuff. That's free, right? It takes like 25 seconds. And it helps all us, of those things. And it helps us so yes. Much. Yes. It helps people, us so much. People trust, you know, you tell your friend that trusts you, hey, these guys listen to this show, they're they're talking about it a little different way. It's huge because that trust is there, it's baked in. And so, you know, thank you for listening to this and, and being here at this point and everything. And uh yeah, we're gonna keep doing it. So Rachel, it was a ton of fun as always. And uh we'll thank see you, you sir. see you soon. Heartland Pod is a production of Bitmap Media, LLC. Follow us on Twitter with at the Heartland Pod. With email, you can reach us, heartlandpod2020 at gmail.com. Online with heartlandpod.com. Subscribe and please sign up for our Patreon with patreon.com slash heartlandpod. Become a podhead or an official podgressive today and unlock all of our content. See you at the next show. <laughs>